Today on the Doc on the Run podcast, we're talking about sinus tarsi syndrome in runners. Hi, I'm Dr. Christopher Segler, and thanks for tuning in to the Doc on the Run podcast, where we help you understand how to keep training and running even if you've been injured. What is sinus tarsi syndrome? I mean, it sounds like a complicated name, but it's not really a complicated condition. So the sinus tarsi, and sinus means basically like a tube or a passageway, and tarsi refers to the rear foot bones in your foot. So the tarsal bones are the big bones in your rear foot, like the calcaneus or the heel bone and the talus that sits on top of the heel bone and, and sits underneath your tibia in your ankle joint. Those are the greater tarsal bones. So sinus tarsi is actually a tunnel that runs between the talus and the heel bone. What does that matter? You know, so like, what's the big deal with this thing? Well, effectively, that's your subtalar joint. It's the joint under, which is the word, you know, sub, sub for under, talus for tailor. And it runs under the neck of the talus uh, in your subtalar joint. And it's a little cavity that has some fat. It has a couple of things in it, like the um, interosseous talocalcaneal ligament. Uh, it has some nerve endings and it has some fluid that lubricates the joint. But sometimes you can get inflammation of the tissue that lines that joint. And when you get inflammation of the lining of that joint and it hurts, that's sinus tarsi syndrome. So that's really what sinus tarsi syndrome is. Question is why do runners get sinus tarsi syndrome? There's a couple ways you can get it. So when you supinate and you pronate your foot and your foot's moving back and forth, landing on uneven surfaces, um, it, it, it pronates and supinates a lot harder. When you run on regular ground, you still pronate and supinate all the time. Like one of the things that drives me nuts is when I hear somebody at uh, a running store watch somebody run and they say, oh, well, you pronate. And I've actually watched them in running stores all over the country. Every time I travel, when I go to medical conferences, I usually go to running shoe stores and Invariably, I'll see somebody watching a runner and they'll say, oh, well, you pronate, so you need pronation control shoes. And I'm looking at them going, that person does not need pronation control shoes at all. Of course, I don't work there and I'm not going to go shooting my mouth off, so I keep my mouth shut. But I think this is crazy. Like everybody pronates, you know, everyone pronates. It's when and how much that actually matters. So fused your subtalar joint, you pronate, trust me. Even if you fuse your subtalar joint, you just pronate in your mid-tarsal joint or someplace else. So um, you pronate and supinate to do a couple of things. Like you pronate to absorb forces. So when your foot hits the ground, your forefoot comes down, you pronate in order to absorb impact. Your foot's more flexible then. Well, then you supinate and lock everything in your foot to push off. So if you run on really uneven surfaces, like you're laying on rocks and roots and all that sort of stuff, well, you're pronating, supinating aggressively, and sometimes you pronate so hard that you basically pinch the synovial tissue or the lining of that joint that makes the synovial fluid on the inside of your subtalar joint, and it becomes inflamed. Well, it becomes inflamed, it swells. So when it swells, it actually gets pinched more. And it's, you know, it's soft, squishy tissue that has lots of nerve endings. So when it becomes inflamed and swollen, and you're pronating and supinating when you're running, uh, it hurts. And then it can swell enough that it's so swollen that it's getting pinched between the heel bone and the talus every time you take a step. So then you're just walking on it and you, you know, and it hurts. And so it can build up over time. You know, it hurts a little bit because you aggravated it too much and then it swells some more and then it hurts not only when you're running, but it hurts when you're walking too. And then the next thing you know, it hurts if you even wiggle your foot around while you're sitting in some business meeting. So that in a nutshell is what sinus tarsi syndrome is. It's just inflammation of the joint in this little cavity that you can feel on your foot called the sinus tarsi. So with all runners that talk about this, you've got to come up with the best case and the worst case scenario. Like best case scenario is it calms down and you can keep running with no hassle at all. Of course, hopefully very quickly. The worst case scenario 
is that you continue to aggravate it and irritate it and you get basically chronic inflammation, chronic swelling within the sinus tarsi that won't calm down. When that happens, the doctor may recommend a surgery to you called a sinus tarsi evacuation where we basically go in and we just cut out all the tissue in there that's inflamed and then it calms down. I haven't done that in a long time because I wouldn't want to do that on a runner because you can injure the talocalcaneal ligament when you do that. I don't think that's a great approach and like I talk about over and over, I think that conservative treatment, anything that does not involve cutting you open is always better if you're a runner because if we cut you open, it takes a long time to heal. So we always try to figure out like what is best for you as an individual, as a runner, what's gonna help you the most and get you back to running as quickly as possible and not screw up your possibility of running for the rest of your life. So with sinus tarsi syndrome, your worst case scenario is that you wind up in surgery, but that is unlikely, first of all. So when you're thinking about running with this, you have to think about it. That's the really important part for that reason, because if you have a race, like let's say it's Wednesday and you're, you realize you've got this thing that's gotten worse and worse and worse and worse, but you have a race on Sunday, it's not gonna kill you if you run with it. As long as you don't have a different problem and you really and truly just have sinus tarsi syndrome, it will probably be okay for you to do your race. But if you have a race that's like four months away, well, that's a different story because if you keep running with an achy foot, your training is not gonna be very efficient. It's not gonna be very effective. You're not gonna really build fitness because you're gonna be too busy thinking about your achy foot and being distracted by this um, irritating sensation every time your foot hits the ground and you push off. So, you know, you have to decide like best case, worst case scenario, given your particular circumstances with you as a runner to decide whether or not it's okay for you to keep training right now, whether you should do something to calm it down really quickly, and whether or not it's safe for you to do your next event, all dependent upon your goals and how far away that event is. So now that you know those things, you have to figure out like, why did doctors misdiagnose this? First of all, if, if you see a doctor and they say, well, you just have to stop running, it's bad for your feet or it's hard on your joints, go see another doctor. That's the first thing, but it can be misdiagnosed. A lot of times if you sprain your ankle and you've already had this problem, they'll say, well, it's just an ankle sprain because the ligament that's most often sprained in an ankle sprain is called the ATFL or the anterior talofibular ligament. And the ATFL ligament runs across and within the sinus tarsi. So when we actually do surgery to repair it, you cut the joint open and you're looking in the sinus tarsi and you can see the ligament right there uh, sort of adhered to the inside of the joint capsule. So a lot of times doctors will say, well, it's just an ankle sprain. Well, it may be, but you may have irritated the synovial tissue inside that joint in a way that it's really not gonna calm down that quickly. So you gotta do something to calm it down. Another way that you could be misdiagnosed with sinus tarsi syndrome when it's actually something else is if you have a crack in the bone, the talus bone that we refer to as the lateral process. So a lot of doctors don't really know that much about this thing. And I actually did the largest study ever on lateral process fractures of the talus and I won an award from the American College of Foot and Ankle Surgeons for that study. And we actually found that those are 10 times more common than was previously reported in the medical literature. So it was way more common than what I was taught in medical school. And we did this huge study to figure that out. So, you know, I actually started this study. It was at a university and we looked at all of the ankles that came in to the hospitals and clinics over a three year period, looked at all their MRIs, CTs, x-rays, everything to figure out whether or not somebody actually had one of these lateral process fractures. And they are very commonly misdiagnosed as an ankle sprain or sinus tarsi syndrome. So if you sprain your ankle, you do the right stuff, you get better, and then you still have this continual aching pain and your doctor says, well, it's just you know the residual effects of having a sprained ankle, but you actually have a crack in the bone, it's not gonna get better. So you gotta make sure you don't have one of those. The other thing is that sometimes you have uh, perineal tendons that are irritated 
they're a little bit further away from the sinus tarsi, but I have seen patients that were told they had synovitis or sinus tarsi syndrome, and in fact, they actually had a problem with the perineal tendons. So completely different fix. So, you know, I've written a lot of stuff and done some episodes on the perineal tendons. So you could look at those if you're concerned you have that problem, but you know, you have to make sure you don't get misdiagnosed. If you're treating the right problem, you're gonna get better. And if you think you have sinus tarsi syndrome, but you actually have perineal tendonitis, you're not gonna get better because they're different treatments. So the thing is you gotta figure that out. And you know, you can go see a doctor, you can do a virtual doctor visit with an expert, you can do lots of different things, but most of the time you can really tell yourself. The deal is, is that if you have pain when you push on the sinus tarsi, that's a good sign that you have sinus tarsi syndrome. If you don't have pain when you push on the perineal tendons, that certainly is more suggestive of sinus tarsi syndrome because you have pain there, but not on the perineal tendons. If you push on the lateral process of the talus and it doesn't cause any pain, well then it's probably not a fractured lateral process. It's probably sinus tarsi syndrome. And that sounds kind of stupid, but the truth is it's really that simple. When you go see a doctor, they're gonna hear your story, see if it sounds like that problem, and then they're gonna do an examination and push on your foot just on a few things to try to rule out those other things and then make a final decision about what's really bothering you. You can do that yourself. All you have to do is know how to push on the sinus tarsi. So it's easy to find on your foot. In runners, it's really easy because most runners are really thin. But basically, all you have to do is you find this soft spot on the outside of your foot just sort of in front of the ankle bone and a little bit further down toward the ground away from the front of your fibula bone and you put your thumb in there. And then when you move your foot up and down, supinating and pronating, you just press your thumb into that depression and see if it hurts. And if it hurts, then you have inflammation in the sinus tarsi and you probably have sinus tarsi syndrome. Then all you have to do is do some simple things to calm it down. Do contrast baths, ice it, apply compression socks, elevate your feet, do the things that you know are gonna reduce the inflammation and see if you improve. And if you improve really quickly with contrast baths, ice, elevation, compression, all that, then you know you're on the right track. You just keep doing that for a couple of days until it goes away and it'll calm down. If it's a really bad case and you can use a fracture walking boot for just a couple of days to get it to calm down, then that's okay too. I just do not like the idea of putting somebody in a fracture walking boot and tell them to hobble around for a month or a month and a half because that puts you at risk of other overtraining injuries later. So think twice and ask lots of questions if a doctor tells you to do that. I don't think that's necessary most of the time, but you can do those things as a simple you know, first step to make sure that you stay on track. There really are a lot of things that you can do on your own that will help you heal. Now don't go anywhere, we'll be right back, and then we're gonna talk about some of the other things you really have to think about in terms of what doctors will do you have sinus tarsi syndrome. What's a virtual doctor visit? The idea of not running at all while waiting for my foot to heal was simply depressing. I really needed a second opinion from an expert, someone who specializes in helping runners. What you'll get from Dr. Segler, in my experience, is expert runner and medical care that's individualized for your needs. I'm left with actionable steps to recover from my injury. Dr. Segler is different, and I felt heard, didn't feel patronized, and I felt like he prioritized getting me back to running as soon as possible as much as I did. I just couldn't see sitting around for six weeks knowing my hard-earned fitness would vanish. I know Dr. Segler is an expert, and I wanted to see him in person. But frankly, I just couldn't afford the cost of a house call. I saved enough money to pay for my next marathon registration. You have an appointment with Dr. Segler, whether it's via Skype or on the phone. You can expect, one, he's gonna be on time. Two, he's gonna be able to spend more time with you than the typical uh, visit in a doctor's office. And both of those are gonna result in a more effective diagnosis and treatment plan for you. 
I'm a young woman in the Philippines and I hurt my ankle yesterday. I just wanted to say thank you and that it's such a relief to be able to find a website like yours and get some information when I'm in a place with uh, little to no medical care. So I just wanted to call and say thank you. You're awesome. Book a virtual doctor visit and get a second opinion online today. Welcome back to the Doc on the Run podcast. Okay, when you go see a doctor and you have sinus tarsi syndrome, they're going to do several things. First of all, they're going to try to tell you to do some simple things, what we refer to as conservative treatment, that will likely help it calm down. They'll tell you to ice it. They'll tell you to elevate. They'll tell you to kind of just don't do whatever hurts. So if it hurts when you run, don't run. You know, don't do cutting sports where you're changing directly and rapidly. They'll tell you to do anything to let it calm down and uh, tell you to elevate, that kind of stuff. And then if it improves very quickly, then you're on your way. But if you're not, then what they'll usually do is they'll recommend more aggressive treatments. They might recommend a fracture walking boot like I talked about earlier. Don't do that unless it's absolutely necessary. Then they also might recommend a corticosteroid injection. So when they do a corticosteroid injection, those can be very effective for this, but basically the idea is really simple. We take local anesthetic and some cortisone or corticosteroids and we actually inject them right into the sinus tarsi. Now that calms down the inflammation very, very quickly. So it's way better than icing because it's way faster, but it's riskier than icing. Nothing in medicine is free. Everything you do that potentially could help you in medicine has a risk to hurt you as well. So if you have damage to the cartilage in the joint and you actually have joint damage or arthritis, it may calm it down, but it can accelerate the sort of degradation of the collagen in the articular cartilage in your joint. And that's one reason we don't do it on everybody. But if we're sure it's just synovitis or inflammation of the lining of that sinus tarsi or your subtalar joint and we inject those corticosteroids, it will really help a lot and can get you back to activity very, very quickly. Because the tissue, since it's swollen, it's getting pinched by these bones. But if you shrink the tissue, when the bones move, they don't pinch the tissue anymore. And then you're home free. That's why it can be a very, very effective treatment. But you just have to make sure that it's the right thing for you. And you have to talk to your doctor and explain to your doctor, look, I'm a runner. You know, I'm doing Leadville this weekend or I'm doing Western States 100 in a couple of months or I'm doing the Boston Marathon in April. Whatever it is, you've got to explain it to your doctor so you make sure you get the right treatment and you stay on track. That's super important. Now, the other thing that you should think about as a runner is when you should run, right? So if you do the home treatments and you really improve and it goes away, then I would start doing test runs. And uh, you can do a really short run, like you know, a mile or two miles, and then just wait until the next day and see if it's achy. If it's not, then you're probably out of the woods. But if you think that it's way better, like it's 85% better, then you go for a run and you have a big setback, it hurts a lot, you definitely need to take some more steps to get it to calm down before you really resume running. Otherwise, it's gonna flare back up, it's just gonna swell more. When that tissue swells, it gets pinched in between the bones more, and it stays more aggravated. So you've gotta really reassess frequently when you're getting over this so that you can get back to running as quickly as possible. And if you're not getting better, you have to reassess. So if you saw a doctor, no matter how much you like them and you're not getting better, you've got to do something differently. So either go back to that doctor and just say, hey, look, I did all this stuff and it's not better. What can we do now? Or you, you, know, you need to assess it yourself. So if you, if you go through and you check it yourself and you're sure you don't have those other problems, you're sure you don't have perineal tendonitis or a lateral process fracture or any of that, then get help from somebody that can help you. you know, talk to your coach, talk to your doctor, get a virtual doctor visit and get an expert to actually help you uh, via webcam even to really reassess and see if you're missing something. Because if you're missing anything at all, 
and you've got the wrong diagnosis, you're just not going to get better. And even if you do have the right diagnosis, if you're doing something slightly wrong or with your treatments, you're not going to get better. And even if you're doing all the right treatments, but whatever activity you're doing to maintain your fitness just happens to be irritating the synovium or the lining of that joint, you're not going to get better. But if you're not getting better, don't stick your head in the sand. You've got to do something to make sure that you can get back on course and get back to running. If you have a question that you would like answered as a future edition of the Doc on the Run podcast, send it to me and then make sure you join me in the next edition of the Doc on the Run podcast. Thanks again for listening.